Welcome to episode 48 of the Worldwide Chelsea Podcast. It's me, your favourite host in the world, Marv. London is not calling. It's me, Marvito Dude on Twitter, with my favourite guest and co-host, just the two of us today, Matthew Ball. How are you doing, Matt, today, my friend? Um... Well, better than yesterday, most definitely. I mean, I don't think we could have got worse than yesterday. But, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll admit you probably are the best host on here. I would try and say that I'm the best host, but I'm not going to take that motion away from you. I'm loving I think I'm the only host at this point, right? Well, you you and me are the only ones. So, by default, we are the best on the same show. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, so big news coming out. What's that news, Matt? Can you please inform me and enlighten me of what's been happening in the worldwide Chelsea? Well, first of all, we got the uh, nice little post on Monday morning that Frank Lampard was sacked from Chelsea Football Club after, was it 18 months now? About was that. It, was it a full 18 months? Must be there or thereabouts. Well, he, I guess he only survived a season and a half, right? So yes, eighteen months. Yeah, it's about that. Probably around about that. And then within a day, uh, Chelsea announced that Thomas Tuchel is now new Chelsea manager. He's already had his first training session as of tonight, and will be on the uh, touchline against Wolves. So that was a quick turnaround. It's almost as if it were planned. What do you think, Matt? I think it was planned before, but around Leicester time, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, people were saying, I saw some posts complaining, saying that that's really dirty and stuff. But I think when businesses are going bad or things are not working, you always have a contingency. I mean, if we're not happy in our jobs, do we just sit around and wait for it to get better? Or are we considering our options uh, in advance? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of at the point, if you was going to do it, I think there was enough time between Leicester and Luton to do it. If you knew Tuchel was going to be your man, I think Luton would have been the better match for Tuchel to be put into rather than Wolves. But, you know, I'm not Roman Abramovich, so I'm not the one that makes decisions. Interesting point, because I think maybe they wanted to give Lampard that final game. Quite possibly. Possibly, but you always... I mean, not not to be harsh on Lampard, you're looking to the future and looking to Tuchel. What would you rather do? Give Lampard a send-off against some championship team or get your manager a good kickstart? Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I've got to ask that question, though. Let, let's kind of kick this whole thing off. Uh, where did it all go wrong, in your opinion? Let's hear it. Where did it start going wrong? Yeah, I mean, when where did it go wrong? I mean, from start to finish, because I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were talking about winning the league. So why, what, why has something transpired and now we're tenth again? What has happened? I mean, I'd argue that there has been. I, I've heard things. You always heard there was a couple of things in the summer that it wasn't. I can't remember what journalist it was. I think it was Nazar Kinsella that put it out at first and. Everyone was saying, oh, Nazar's not, um, 
he's not a main journalist. He's not actually that accurate. And I think it was about, I think it was about Kepper, about how the board wanted Kepper to play and wasn't going to get Lampard a replacement at first, which now that's later come out that apparently, obviously, we don't know everything's true because there's a lot of fake news being spread at the moment. But apparently that the board forced uh, Lampard to play Kepper in that after the restart and told him to, in I think the article's words, give him a shoulder to cry on or something, um, which... I always think when you're tell when you're telling a manager who to play, I think that's always not a great part of it. Um, and I do think one thing that I said back in September, I when I wrote the article about how we didn't get enough players out and we had far too many players, I said that it's it for an experienced manager, it's near enough impossible to have five first team centre backs, three arguably first team goalkeepers. Um, three first team left backs. Um, so it was, that's all I think that has been a thing. Obviously, we don't know who, if anyone was majorly player power in anything. Obviously, we're not going to uh, go into it because people have been very overreactive on it. But um, I think that is a factor that's played a part. And then to look at a specific result where you could probably say it started going wrong, I'd, I'd actually say the opposite the reverse game of the one we're about to play, the other Wolves game in December. I think that's the one where I was a bit worried. That's valid because we lost that in a lot. I remember getting really angry at that point when Neto scored that goal, should have been saved. Um, I'm not sure where it went wrong, really. We, there was a lot of silly draws as well early on, which kind of made me a bit sceptical, but then we picked it up again. Was it just because we were playing against bad teams? I'm really not sure. I mean, I was watching some of the games. I thought we were playing amazing. Even in the Tottenham game, we looked more light scoring. We pretty much dominated it. We were pretty okay in some of the other big games. And then it just nosedived. I mean, the Everton game, terrible. Wolves game, terrible. Where did it end for you? I mean, I know you were pretty much a strong uh, in, uh, Lampard in uh, this whole time. I personally was a little more on the other side. Uh, after Arsenal, I thought that was when we had to pull the plug. The, the performance was embarrassing. So that's where it ended for me. But where do you think it ended for Roman Abramovich, for example? Um, well, I think Man City was, I think, the beginning of the end. I think he was given, I think if it wasn't for Lampard being Lampard, I think he would have gone at that point. But because of Lampard being the club legend that he is, obviously Abramovich has given him an extra three games, which was the Morecambe win, the Fulham scrappy win, and then I'd call it, I know we only lost 2-0, but it was a domination by Leicester. Leicester could have done a lot more than what they did against us if they actually took their chances. And arguably Fulham should have beat us as well if it wasn't going down to 10 men. I mean, I do agree on that Fulham game, and it's unfortunate that so much uh, analysis goes out the window when you're trying to support your favourites. Uh, so I noticed when we had that Fulham game, it was very clear for me to see that we won by pure luck, and people just wanted to brush that aside. But, you know, had uh, Ivan Cavaliero scored that goal, it's a completely different game. And, you know, we've got to at least put our analytical heads on, which I'm going to kind of go into a bit in today's uh, pod. But, uh, you know, it went wrong. And I remember if we look at Abramovich's uh, so-called statement, I do believe that was from him, but a lot of people are denying that it was. 
it said there, you know, we saw no clear signs of improvement, which is what I've been saying for the past couple of months and receiving nothing but abuse from like kind of diehard Lampard fans. But there hasn't been any sign of improvement. Since, since the Wolves and Everton games, have we played well in one game? I'd argue not. I mean, I know we beat West Ham 3-0, but I honestly to this day don't understand that we've beaten 3-0. And even, I know they're doing well and they're coming up the table, but you, we should beat West Ham. I mean, if we're looking at like the games we have lost, I think maybe the table doesn't really tell the whole story with Wolves because of some of their injuries and, and Everton as well, a pretty strong team. Tough games, right? But all of the tough games, we've either overdrawn or lost. And, and that's been all the way since, I think, well, we drew that game with Krasnodar. It just gradually got worse. And I just can't pinpoint why. What do you think? Yeah, I just... It, it's hard, really. I just, there's not one thing that's... It's not like it's just one glaring thing that's been the problem. I think there's just a lot of small problems that have cultivated into one huge giant cesspit of a mess at the moment yeah i mean so we kind of talk about why it went wrong or sort of where it went wrong but i'm gonna have to get into the tough question it's what we got to discuss and the arguments are still going on about it now why player unrest we know we've heard a lot of things read a lot of things but why was there player unrest um well as i said with the idea of not taking some of the fringe players out obviously if you've got five center backs fighting for places you've got at least one or two that they're arguably going to be very upset with game time with the left backs we know obviously i'm not going to say anyone has definitely or definitely not um been involved in this player power but you could say if you're going to pick any one of them that's blinkingly obvious that has been player power, it's probably Marcus Alonso. Although I'd argue that was of his own doing because he wanted to drop off onto the bus. So um, you could tell it's probably him, at least one of them. Um, but it, the thing that confuses me um, is just that all the players that have been mentioned, they're all, no offence to Rudiger as well, but they're all fringe players. They're all players that were on the periphery of going out anyway. So I don't understand. I know if it is Rudiger, Rudiger does have a big voice in the dressing room. He is quite likable in the dressing room. So you could maybe understand that to a point. But I don't think anyone honestly listens to Kepa. If you think of his close group, it's probably Azpilicueta who just tell him to fuck off, honestly. Uh, Alonso, yeah. You could understand him and Alonso maybe having a little chat in terms of Spanish. And then the only other person I think Kepa would be really close to is Mendy, but I don't think Mendy's going to do anything. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's typical. There's always player power. I mean, it's natural. I don't think you're ever going to get rid of it, really. You've just got to try and control it. But I think the unfortunate thing, and this is where I will put onto the board a little bit, you can't, you're not helping a manager if you're going to have a massively big squad which you're not going to keep happy at all and it's impossible to do I don't think Tuchel would have been able to do it if he started the season with the same players 
I mean, it's a good point you raise about who, I mean, we could go through who did this, who did what. I mean, if it's true and we read, like, let's look at this logically. Brain power seems to just get shot. With, oh, that's why Lampard got sacked. No, Lampard got sacked because we're fucking ninth. He didn't get sacked because Antonio Rudiger didn't like that he wasn't playing. I mean, we've got to look at this. The, these people that they're kind of accusing, you know, Alonso, Rudiger, uh, whoever else, Kovacic, players that really hold absolutely zero power. They're not worth any money. They, they could be just loaned off eventually. They're not Eden Hazard. They're not players that, you know, you go, oh, wow, he's upset that player. We've got to do something. Like, we were ninth in the league. This is why it's ended. It's not because of these players. Um, even though I do prefer Rudiger as a defender, I mean, we look at this logically. So he was talking to Tuchel, as we have read. But in the previous window, they were talking about PSG loaning Antonio Rudiger. So could it not have been he was talking to Tuchel about a move? If he did, there's no information that we've actually been given apart from some people on Twitter that would die hard, you know, live and die with Lampard, don't care if we get relegated as long as we can get drunk kind of fans. And, you know, this kind of stuff is damaging. Player power existed in the past, but we've got to look at when and why. So player power, you could have said, got a lot of managers sacked. But those managers were sacked and then we saw an upturn. Why are we making players the enemy? Um, we look around, I mean, I, I like, I love Lampard, of course, um, but it wasn't working. And it could have been because his tactics weren't working. He, it could have been because he may have threw a few of the players under the bus. Why do we never discuss where, you know, this blame could be evenly distributed? But I'm seeing so many people, just because I know they don't like Rudiger, they know, I know they don't like Alonso, Kovacic isn't that popular with fans, is he? Um, they're easy targets, and now they're even easier targets. And and then this this really bothers me because if it was like we we don't know any of this stuff what we've seen that, that maybe they were not happy they were talking who the hell is going to listen to Kepa the guy can't even make a save like <laughs> I think anyone can see that's not coaching yeah I mean the final point I'll kind of make on it is the club inside will know whether these rumours are true or not and if it is true which I'm not saying it is then. The only course of action is to boot every one of these players out in the summer. Don't care how much you get for them, just get them out. But if it's not true, then you just go go as you as it is now, and the players can fight for their place. I mean, if I'm honest, if it, if it is true, and every player that has been mentioned is at fault, then I I wouldn't I wouldn't be unhappy if any of them went I wouldn't really miss any of them I think arguably I probably wanted all of them out eventually at the point anyway so it doesn't really bother to me me too much I was a little bit angry at a time for about an hour but then when I read into it more I thought it's a bit far-fetched I know who's saying it even the people that are defending the likes of Rudiger Christian Falk obviously a German is going to defend a German so you can't really tell what he's saying either as uh, any truth, especially what he said about Mason Mount in September. You can't really trust much what Falk says. But um, yeah, I think it's all just being blown out the window. Once again, it's something that people are focusing on when there's bigger battles to focus on rather than stupid player power.
Um, I've also got something interesting to add. Uh, a tweet from Tammy um, about 20 minutes ago said, hearing some mad stuff about Rudiger on social media today, complete nonsense. Tony is a big bro to all of us. Yeah, so exactly. So Tammy's come out and just basically um, rubbished it all. So we can just, everyone can just move on and stop being fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, it's got, it's so, you, one thing about the, the Twitter game where it's so good in some aspects, but you, you are not allowed to criticize the, the golden child. You're not allowed to criticize um, certain players, but it's, it's amazing when people are, oh, you, it's because you don't like this player. And I, I can actually say, hand on heart, there is no player that I specifically like or dislike as people. It's, if I ever talk about a player, it's because I don't think that they're that good. And, and that's it. If they score, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, fuck's sake, this guy scored. Like some people actually do. Um, we are fans of the club and not of, well, we should be fans of the club and not of, of players or of systems or of managers. There are managers I do prefer. I openly say I preferred Conte. It's because we, we played better football than we won. And, and my kind of goal is you can call Glory Hunter or whatever. I, I want to see Chelsea do well. This is what I want to see. I don't want to see Chelsea in 10th. Um, what, what's your thought on that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any agendas to one Pacific player. I don't really have agendas to one Pacific manager. I'd say if there's if there's anyone, any one manager I have a kind of, you'd say love to, would be Jose Mourinho. But I don't think you could blame any Chelsea fan for having a love inside for Jose Mourinho, even if it's much more deeply buried now because of his Tottenham manager. Yeah, and that's another thing. We, I was part of that as well. Um, I, I was booing the player in the first 10, 20 minutes and, uh, when, when he'd got sacked. And you kind of looked. I remember seeing it and seeing Costa look really upset with it. And I was like, OK, we've got to sort of stop this now. You know, they're, they're still fighting for the badge. You see them chasing every blade of grass, trying to make tackles, trying to win the game. And sometimes we've got to accept that it just stops working with a certain management system. And we, we, we need to change. It's not like saying that this person sucks or, or we don't respect this this person. Um, and, and the hatred thing did happen, I mean, with Sari a lot, didn't it? And that's kind of what started a lot of this. And a lot of it was on... For me, it was the main thing was his lack of, like, passion for, like, kind of almost everything. And, and, and some of the things he said frustrated me. Um, but even then, was able to steer a certain level of success. But sometimes we, we just go way too far as fans, I think. Well, what do you think? I believe you're muted, math, Matt. Sorry about that. I was coughing before, so I've muted myself. Um, yeah, um, I think there's unfortunately a lot of fans that are just like that. And there's a lot of fans that in all honesty, probably ain't real fans and they're probably just doing it for the trolls, doing it for the clicks, the tweets and the bit of the tension. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, and there's just so much of that now. It does get frustrating. I think the idea is we've got to, you know, it, it's a big, as I've said so many times and people just blow it out of proportion, it's a big club and big clubs have to win. And the very, very lowest point of acceptance is to be in that fourth position so we keep the financial side of the game ticking over. But, you know, Roman Abramovich is a winner. He's not going to be like, yeah, great, we're ninth, you know. And it's kind of, he's kind of played his, his hand there and, and he's made that change. And I think we've we got to, 
the same as always. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I was the same with Benitez. I was not against it. I was like, okay, well, hopefully he helps fix the team and helps, uh, you know, us get back to where we should be. And I think it's the same, you know, these people come in and we got to kind of give the benefit of the doubt. If they do terrible and we're 12th or 14th or whatever, then fair enough, criticise and, you know, maybe we'll want another change. But uh, what are your thoughts on the new man, Thomas Tuchel, Matt? Um, well, I if you heard me before on previous podcasts, I've said that I don't really rate Thomas Tuchel. I don't think he was the right man to come to the club. Um, and I don't think he's the man to at least bring a long-term project. But I think I've realised now, if Lampard's not going to get any time, even for a little, um, even through the rough patches, I don't think any manager's going to get a lot of time. I think Tuchel will probably be gone in two years. Someone else will come in. Um, I hope I, I will back the man. I'll never not back a manager, even if I don't rate him. Um, I'll let him see, have his have his time, see how he does, um, see if he has got anything about him. And if he proves me wrong, great. I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Because I, I mean, if the only person I thought would have been good for Chelsea would, as I've said before, Simeone and. Nagelsmann, but we're not going to get either of them. And I think now we've got Tuchel. By the time we go around to sack and Tuchel, I think Nagelsmann probably will get a big job somewhere else. So I think we've missed that boat now. I, I mean, I was a little bit sceptical about uh, the whole thing with Nagelsmann. I'm not quite sure he is yet ready for this kind of level of job. Um, like, like He's done a good job at uh, Leipzig, I think, but I don't think they're in any position where they have to succeed. And they've actually lost a couple of opportunities to succeed as well. I think he does well, and he is a good coach. But I'm not quite sure that he's um, what we would look for. I have to say, I think this could uh, the, the idea of going for Tuchel could be a masterstroke. After, I mean, I've been doing my studying on him in the last uh, days, and I thought his win percentage is actually pretty impressive. I know he was there at PSG. But actually, I'm pretty sure I saw that he had the highest win percentage in Dortmund history, something like that. He uh, got teams promoted, mines, uh, stuff like that. So he does have that background of working at smaller clubs. He's not like one guy that's just worked in a big club and moved on from there. What, what, what do you think about that? Uh, well, just to play devil's advocate, if we're going to talk about win percentages, I mean, Avram Grant's got the highest win percentage at Chelsea, but would you class him as a good manager? No, but uh, he had great players at Chelsea when he came in to steady the ship, didn't he? I mean, he had lots of yeah. world-class players across that. I mean, um, but I mean, I actually don't think Grant is a bad manager, but he's not a top, top manager. I wasn't happy with him coming to Chelsea. Um, but yeah, that that's true. I, I don't know. Maybe we can't read too much into that, but he's got good, like, kind of results. I mean, I, I did, did think that the Champions League run was a bit fortunate. Um, that that he kind of had maybe lesser difficult teams, but they still made the final. So that is another thing we can look at. I mean, maybe we've got a good coach with really good players. I mean, it is possible, but I'm going to ask you that on this point. What do you see changing now that we've made the change? Um, in terms of immediate change, I don't, as I will say in my preview that will come out tomorrow, I don't think we're going to see any change really in the Wolves game. I mean, what do we expect? He's only had, what, a couple of hours training with the players. He can't implement much in. 
um, for the Wolves game. I think we'll probably play a similar team to what we played against Luton, bar a couple of players coming back. Um, it'll take a couple of weeks for us to get going. Then we've got some really tough games, so we've we've got to try and just ride the tough games, see it through to middle of March, and then that's where I think we could see, well, not the best, but at least something tactically like Tuchel. Um, but hopefully by that point, we're still in the mathematically possible to get top four or anything from the league. I still think um, if we're at that stage and we're not looking likely, I, I, as I said, I won't blame it completely on Tuchel because, I mean, you can't change. Rome wasn't built in a day. You can't just change it with a flick of a switch, even with the manager bounce you usually get. Um but I think FA Cup is something I would like him to win it. And I think we can win it by the time we've got a good draw going up to the quarterfinals. By that point, we should be a bit more tactically fit and organised. And then hopefully we can try and battle the big boys and show what we've actually got with the players we've got. Yeah, I, I do agree on that point. Um uh, I mean, and we're kind of looking. I mean, how you, how long do you think? Because I mean, he I haven't even heard him say anything yet. But how long do you think it will take for him to kind of implement his ideas, and we actually finally see like what it's like to play uh, his style and all that stuff? How long do you foresee that happen? I mean, it's going to take some time. I mean, the only player that has played with two calls would be Silver and Pulisic. Um, so it's not. I know the likes of Werner, Havertz have probably seen or at least witnessed Tuchel's game but they haven't played under him um, as I said I think it will take time and then it's just typical that by the time you think we might be near enough ready we've got all these big games coming up so it's hard to sometimes like a diamond it, you have to uh, learn in hard circumstances so uh, the Big games might be the games where we learn the most, but we've just got to try and get results and then once as many results as we can. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's about this is a results business, right? But I think, I mean, if we kind of get a nice start, a win here, and then we get another win, I think once we kind of string a couple together, we might see the season turn around. I've got to admit that I wasn't excited for the last couple of games. I just I could predict what was going to happen, and I was only one goal out each time. Um, so I said we would win like 4-0 we won like 3-1 or 2 goals out you could say in the, the Luton game I saw no real improvements in the games but now I kind of got a bit more optimism in that sense and I guess that's just what I've grown up to see I mean I've grown up and seen all the managers change I saw Hoddle, he left anyway but I saw him change to Hullet I saw Hullet from Hullet to Viali obviously we saw Ranieri we got uh, obviously Jose then we had Grant, you know all of these changes I've seen, I've seen them all come and go. And every time we've made a change, it's almost always been positive. There's been a, like maybe one or two where it's not been. But people say there's no project in that, blah, blah, blah. But I personally think it's a system that always works because we demand results. And uh, I, I think that's kind of been overlooked a little bit in that sense. What do you think? Um, yeah, I agree to an extent, but... I am just worried with the team we've got. We've got a lot of young players 
and it's it's not the same team as we had ten years ago. I mean, the likes of Gerard, uh, Gerard Lampard, Terry, Drogba, Czech, they could go play themselves. They didn't really need, obviously, a manager, a big world class manager helps, but they didn't really. They could go play themselves, and they could still play very well. And you only had three or four teams at top fighting for the league so having a bad season would be finishing fourth whereas nowadays with all the financial fair play and a lot of teams got a lot lot of money now you find if you're having a bad season you're in 10th and that's the problem if the problem i see is since conte we've slowly drifted further and further and further away from the league yet i know we've won Europa League, but I'm not being funny. It's the Emmerdale Cup. I'll celebrate it for about a day or two, and then I'll probably forget about it. It's not a trophy that it's not. It's only. It's like what we're gonna do: celebrate Community Shields next, and call, call that a trophy. We. It's the FA Cup is the only real memorable thing that we've won in the last few years, really. And I'm just worried that if we keep getting managers and I hope Tuchel's the right man, but if we keep getting the wrong man in, I'm worried that we'll just start stop winning stuff and then these new breader players won't be the Lampards, the Terrys, the Drogbas, and we'll slip further and further into the abyss, which I, don't, I just hope we don't. But I don't know. we just got to be wise, and I think that's again, comes to one overarching problem, which I still think is the board. I think one window where we spent a lot of money is not going to change that for me. And in my opinion, I know a lot of people won't mention it because it's not a topic people want to discuss. People will laugh it off, but I'm, I'm still looking at the board and they're still on fraud watch for me. That's really interesting because I think we um, have managed to get through those changes. I mean, for example, when they've spent big, it's normally be to, uh, been to replace the core, I think. So when we, when the core of like Lampard, ETC finally kind of stopped, so we had like Lampard, Terry, all those guys. And then <clears throat> obviously we needed a new star when we bought, we bought Hazard. So they always look for that kind of one star and then try to build again. I've noticed a few times when we got Hazard and Oscar, after winning Champions League at the attempt to try and start rebuilding a new culture of team. And every single time it was kind of repeat, little change one or two players. And then, like for now, we've seen quite a few new players coming in, but they are young talents, right? We've got Pulisic, we've got Havertz, we've got Werner, all quite a, a kind of good, young, agile age. And uh, I think that always the, the project, in my opinion, has always been the same. It's been the players, it's been the players have been the project. You know, we get young players, we try to use talent. I mean, that's what we did at the beginning. We bought people like Robin and all that, a few couple of like experienced players. And I think that's what's happened now. We've bought a new core to kind of go with the young players and kind of feel they can build the success that way. I mean, we only just missed out on a major trophy last year. Um, so now, I mean, I guess that's kind of what the board go for. I think the manager is usually expendable. And I think that's just what people aren't really seeing that the fact that the only thing that ever is the same is, is, are the players. And that's how it was from 2004 up to 12, right? It was Lampard, Terry, Cole, Czech, Drogba. Those players were there for so long. And I think that's how they visualise seeing it with the future players, like Pulisic and, and all those guys. And kind of, because, I mean, really, if we look at those rebuilds, it was the original core of players. And then that core of players was, was, was Hazard, 
the second time around. And, and I guess now, instead of it being Hazard, it's a couple of the young, the best talents in Germany, stuff like that. What, what, what are you thinking? Um, I'm just worried that these players we've got now, do they have the mentality like the old guard or even just like Hazard to get through these moments at the moment? That's one of the problems I looked and saw under Lampard at the moment. I think, obviously, you have an inexperienced manager, which doesn't help, but I don't think the players, bar Thiago Silva, um, you'd say Kante to a point, I don't think any of them have a great... I don't, I don't think many of them have a great mentality at the moment. They're trying... You get people that try, like Mount, but you've got a lot of young players, and young players... Unfortunately, they don't have, they make mistakes. They don't have the best mentality straight away. And they need um, older players, experienced players to step up and give them and show them that mentality. And I think having one 36-year-old in Thiago Silva doesn't really give you that mentality. And that's where I sometimes look and go, I know William was very controversial, but would he at least have, been another again that, that mentality but I don't think he would have stayed anyway um, I know he said that he would have stayed if he knew Thiago Silva was coming but I think he knew he was going to be slowly drifting out of the starting lineup, and that's why he moved to Arsenal um, but yeah we, we need some we need some more experience in there and that's why when people go oh let's get Upamecano in the defence I'm like well, no, you're just putting another young player into that lack of mentality. You need some of a bit of mentality. You need a Jimenez. You need a... Obviously, a lot of people are saying about Marquinhos now with Tuchel coming in. Yeah, Marquinhos has got a bit of a mentality on him. You, you need to get players in like that who have got experience and got a bit of mentality to bring and help these young players through. We can't just be throwing in loads and more young players. Yeah, I mean, I always think that that was kind of the way the club used to operate. I, I know, like, it was kind of play with a, a club. We'd be a little bit closer to the top. Then they kind of trying to mix that in with some of the, like, talented guys. That's kind of how they've always done it, you know. If, if we look at, like, before they, uh, you know, what we see, they were just replacing one player every summer when we were competing. And we always wanted them to invest more. We'd see, like, small changes, like Raul Morales comes out, Ramirez comes in kind of thing. Um, and even little things, there were like little one late winger would go out and then stuff like that. I personally think William should have stayed. I think we've got a lot of problems out wide, in my opinion, at this point. Um, but that's the thing I, I believe. They, they always do that. I think they're even going to try it again with Haaland, right? They want to try and get someone like that and keep building that. But I do agree. I think we, we kind of lack those kind of heavy, kind of winning, experienced players. We do miss that a bit, I believe. Yeah, I think... It's something that, realistically, we need to change, I think. Another thing that still bemuses me, and this is the one thing I don't understand, and the one thing I kind of look at Lampard and go, yeah, I understand your point, is the fact that we haven't got a DM, and the fact that, like, we talk about we're building the core, but realistically, we haven't. We've, but we've got the goalkeeper, which, is Mendy the right man? Is he the man for the future? Who knows? Um Thiago Silva, good short-term stopgap, fair enough in the back. You've got arguably Werner, the striker. Obviously, he's been a little bit low on confidence, but 
I imagine he'll grow into the season. I think next season he'll be really he'll be firing on all cylinders. But the fact that we still haven't repla- got a proper DM since Nemanja Matic is frightening. It's going to get to the point where Matic is going to retire from Manchester United and then they're going to replace Matic before we fucking do. And that's going to be just disgraceful. And that's the one thing I've really had a grudge with the board. Yes, we got Bakayoko. Yes, we haven't sold. Why the fuck have we not sold Bakayoko on by now? I, I heard like it in, in, the, in, the, in the summer. It was literally five million pounds difference between, I think it was Monaco and PSG rumoured wanted him. Why can't we just go, you know, five million? What, what really, what is that going to be a difference? Like, and you don't, I don't, it doesn't, it's not, I'm not even going on the Declan Rice thing. It didn't have to be Declan Rice as the DM. There's plenty of other DMs that you could get for half the price in there right now. And if I'm, if I'm honest, I've said this a couple of times, you know, I, I wasn't fully convinced on Havertz when he first, before he came, I would have, I would have rather not bought Havertz and got a DM in and spent the money. We say we got, uh, I don't know, a DM for someone, I'm not going to name a specific name for about 40 million. You've got 30, 40 million that you could spend on a winger as well. And then we wouldn't have the winger problems we've had. And that's the problem. You've got to just think properly. We haven't, we've said we've made a core, but we haven't finished the core. We've really, we've been missing one of the main parts of the core since 2017. It's ridiculous. Yeah, very true. I mean, the DM was a massive need. If we go back to our summer pods, it was one that I wanted to cover. And that's the thing. Matic was a great player for us. Um, I actually liked Bakayoko. I don't think he got enough of a chance. We actually won FA Cup with him, and he was great in that final, at least playing alone because he had Fabregas in the middle with him, so he was having to cover everyone's work. Um, but I actually think I think we didn't give him any kind of chance because he was just too slow on the ball, but I think he could have learned that. Um, that's true. We are massively missing a DM, and the kind of DM need to be able to play the ball well, do a bit of everything well, which is why Rice, I thought, was ideal, but that's probably over now. Um, but yeah, that, that's the problem, not having, we have so much space in between the midfield and, and defence. I kind of wonder how Tuchel's going to fix that one. Um, but yeah, that is a big point. And the winger thing, we should have bought another winger. I know you're a big fan of Samuel Chukwese. So oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but we should have done that. And yeah, so that's the thing. We, we, we bought a lot of players, but I still think there were considerable things missing. Um, I saw like a rumor about Usman Dembele and didn't think anything of it, but obviously he was really good under Tuchel, wasn't he? That's when he actually made a pretty much name for himself. And like, you know, and... he's actually he's actually done quite well this season for Barcelona. Like in the summer, I looked at it when we were linked. We were kind of linked to him in the summer, and I was like, nah, he's he's way too injury prone, not worth even for the thirty eight million that they were looking at in the summer. No way. But he's actually. Credit to him, sorted himself out at least for the short term. He's not had really many injuries this season. He's playing quite well, got himself back in the side, and now he's apparently in the contract standoff, which I don't blame him because Barcelona are a shower shit at the moment, so I wouldn't want to stay around there much longer. But it could be an option. I mean, I don't think it'd start, but it might be a... Well, you say it might be a good option. As long as he can keep fit, it might be a good option. To come off the bench, him and you'd have Pulisic, him, Cho, Ziek to an extent. I don't know what I don't know what's going to go on with Ziek because I know Tuchel likes his fast wingers and Ziek isn't exactly fast. So 
I don't know where he fits in all this. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. I, I, the way that it looks like Al Tuchel likes to play, he loves pace in behind runners, balls through the lines and out wide. And that's not the way uh, Hakim Ziyech plays. Um, I actually see, I mean, I, I see maybe Ziyech could actually end up playing in midfield or he might just kind of change the system a little bit. But Pulisic's perfect for the system. and, and uh, But that's it. I mean, and I don't think we're going to be going back to playing Timo Werner on the wing again. So, or, I mean, maybe. But I think there, there are... Maybe someone like that could come in on a loan uh, and kind of at least because that's the thing. When we get new coaches, they always need at least one player who kind of knows the system a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of helps reintegrate. You know, like we did when we got Jorginho and stuff, I guess they were to supplement the system a little bit more. So maybe that's kind of what yeah. need, something like that who knows it, how to play it well. And then because I think him being a PSG, you know, I don't think, you know, he kind of had to play with what he had. So, I mean, and kind of, but I think with, with Chelsea, I think it's kind of tailor-made for the kind of football he looks like he wants to play. It maybe misses one or two small cogs. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, I agree. Not to, yeah, yeah not okay. really too much to say. Yeah, agree. Okay, so I've got a question now, but the toughest question of the pod, my friend. Where do we finish in the Champions League? Oh, Champions League. Uh, are we getting, uh, I think we're getting knocked out of the next stage, if I'm honest. So much positive. Uh, I, I mean, realistically, we were, were we going to beat... I, 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 even at our best, I didn't think it'd be, it, Athletic Madrid would be a hard match, let alone going into it yeah, Tuchel's might change something and we'll play differently, but I don't... Uh, Simeone's a very good manager. Athletic Madrid are a very good team this season. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think we'll beat... I, I honestly don't see how we can beat him over two legs. If it was one leg and you could scrape a result, yeah, but over two legs, I don't, I don't think we can. I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't want to just uh, sprinkle too much positivity. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I thought you were going to say we've got it won. But, um, uh, okay, I thought you were going to say the whole the whole Champions League is now ours, but unfortunately not. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to that stupid comment I made in October. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and how do you see us finishing in the league now? Um, well, again, it it's, depends on how we do in this tough run of games we've got coming up at the date let end of February, beginning of March. If we can get through them games, couple wins, you're going to get a loss or two because there's so many big games. You're not going to be able to physically be up for every single game. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping it might be a thing where we just, the Champions League kind of gets binned off and we kind of get through the, all the league games, which even then, you've got United, Liverpool, I think you've got Everton in that spell as well. Um, if we can get through that unscathed, then I think we can get top four, but we might get to a stage where we might could already be out of it, if I'm honest, and we could be fighting for Europa, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, it's hard because we've, it's, we had the same situation last season. We had like end of February, beginning of March. We had some awful games last season as well. 
And then we had obviously Bayern Munich spread in the middle. And now we've just repl- all we've done is replaced Bayern Munich with fucking Atletico Madrid, which I think is just as bad, if I'm honest. And we won the group, for God's sake. <laughs> so, yep. final, final league position. I, I kind of think we might finish fifth. Yeah, I think my head's saying fifth, my yeah. heart's saying fourth or third. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be nice if we can manage to save you to see. I mean, if we get in there, we'll have a bit more money again. Hopefully, we can reinvest that across the next summer and kind of maybe back to Cliff. Obviously, he gets it to that kind of area. I guess that would kind of be enough to make us think that he could be the right guy for us. But uh, I think we might need a little more than that. But I mean, you know, I think that's probably the remit that he's been given. Um, I mean, he can't really argue. I mean, he's inherited a team in 10th place. So what exactly can he do? Um how do you see us finishing in the FA Cup? This is where I am going to get positive. I think we're going to win it. Yes, come on, let's get it done. We have, we have to. This is the only pride left in our season. I think we've got, we've got Barnsley, which I know. Going back to previous times when we lost to Barnsley in the same round of the FA Cup, so. It does bring me back a little bit of a nightmare, but um, we can get through that. We get to the quarterfinal. Hopefully, a couple of team, couple of the big teams have already been knocked out. Hopefully, a couple more can be scraped off, and then maybe hopefully get a favourable quarterfinal. And then when you get to the semi-finals, it's anyone's game. And I think by that time, I think we should be at full full blast. We should be able to hopefully challenge everyone. So. We need to win it because I want a trophy. I want, I want, I want to go to all the Arsenal fans, United fans, probably not the City fans because I think they'll win the league. But just give them a big fuck you because we've actually got a trophy, and they probably won't. I really hope so, my friend. I really hope so. We're talking about the. I mean, yeah, that's what I said before a while ago in the group chat. Is that uh, our only chance was to face bums all the way up until the semi-final, <laughs> and then we got a bit of a chance. But now I think, you know, if, just, if, if we get a bit lucky, because normally we get tough games. I mean, last season, we had like Liverpool, Leicester, Man United, and then Arsenal. Well, if you look at what yeah. some of the other teams had. So, I mean, I think we've earned the right to have like uh, a few easier games. I mean, we beat Luton, we beat Barnsley. If they get one more easy game, that's the quarterfinal after that, isn't it? So one more easy game sends us straight to the semis. Am I right? Yeah. Is this round round five against Luton? Yeah, round five, yeah. Yeah, so we win that quarterfinal. Then we're we're in the mix, right? Well, the excitement is there. Let's get it done, right? So that's something good. But um, okay. So this has been our wonderful. Anything to add, Matt? Before we close out our new pod. Um. Yeah, I think just a message to all the listeners. I think um, obviously Frank Lampard's gone. It's quite upsetting. Um, so we've got to um, back the manager now. Um, no matter what you think of Tuchel obviously I don't really rate Tuchel but even me I'm going to back the manager because I love the club um, so we've got to back the guy to the end of the season back every player to the end of the season no matter what agendas you have whether it's a Cho agenda a Pulisic agenda whatever you've got just bin all that back the team back all the players and if anything if you want to go at someone go at Marina upstairs because she's the one that's been pissing me off the most out of everyone and she's the one that's caused trouble over the last four years one window isn't going to change that so um can we just please all unite and stop being a divided fan base and stop being twats online if i'm honest i know most of you listeners on here are probably quite good listeners and probably not twats but 
just if you see a twat, just block them. And if you block them, then they'll stop doing it because they won't get the attention they need. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's, it's, it is our duty as fans, I guess, to, to support. I mean, the thing is, the only time we kind of lose faith in a manager is when it's going really bad, right? So, I mean, I've never been one to kind of go against someone before they've even come. I mean, you know, even, I didn't rate him either, but, you know, hopefully, you know, as in a ball has not yet been kicked. So, you know, if we get behind it, hopefully the movement will work, will win everything, or like win the treble still. Yeah, I'd argue the only manager I've not backed from the start probably would be Benitez. Even then, I kind of warmed to him a little bit. I was okay with it, to be honest. I felt a bit sad for him with all the abuse he received, but obviously he kind of made that for himself, didn't he, a little bit. But, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I'm still annoyed he lost us that Club World Cup thing. We should have won that. How do you not start? Oh, that that, that pissed me off. Oh, that that really frustrated me. You go to work, you play against a Brazilian team, and you don't pick Oscar and Ramirez, who probably knew everything about these teams. I mean, come on. Oh, that don't don't get me started. I'll start ranting. It'll that hurt. Bad day that was. I mean, lucky. I mean, but we did get. I mean, think about it though. We did get top three. We won the Europa League, and we got semi final the cup. So I mean, we did. I mean, we. Yeah, won but the... it's the only it's the only trophy we've never won. I mean, yeah. I know it's not the. Uh, be all and end all but still yeah if we look at his uh, record his record was actually quite good we got semi-final Carabao Cup semi-final FA Cup won the Europa League top three wasn't too bad no it wasn't the worst um, but yeah he, he, he was always it was a tough for him to come into the job I think yeah, I, I give him. I've given. I've given credit. He had the balls to come and do the job in the first place. If I was him, I wouldn't have. Bat- I wouldn't have accepted the job. No, me neither. Definitely not. <laughs> That's like me taking the Man United job after all the stuff I've said about the club. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, what a wonderful pod. Hopefully, the listeners enjoyed it. Another new, exciting episode in dark and possibly light new times. Thank you for coming on, as always, Matt. Glad to be on, glad to be on. Obviously, we've had to do this pod uh, with all the news that's going on, but glad to get some frustrations out, get some feelings out, and move on to, hopefully, a new era, as some people would say. Absolutely, my man, absolutely. And uh, what a great time. It's awesome to see you. I hope the listeners enjoyed. Uh, We'll see see you later up the channel.